Welcome back to another episode of Talking Sports A to Z with Alex Bush and Drew's Logar. Today we're going to get into a lot of stuff starting with the NFL schedule release. We'll talk about um, our teams, the Bills and the Jets, and uh, who we think is going to make it you know, into the playoffs and, and all the way next this season. And we'll get into that before talking to our buddy Mike Garabedian, who works at the MLS right now. He's a social guru over there who um, he was with us at the NBA. And then get into the last dance, like always, you know, the last – Second to last week, two really great episodes. So we're looking forward to that. Welcome back to Talking Sports A to Z. I'm Alex Bush alongside Drew's Logar. How's it going, bro? What's going on, man? Uh, back in New Jersey, I was upstate for the weekend, but. Uh... Glad to be back, and uh, a lot happened over the weekend, including what I thought was the best installment of the MJ Last Dance documentary. Um, episodes seven and eight were incredible, like every other episodes have been. But uh, just to see the uh, the emotion pour out of him with the uh, father's passing during that season end, and him switching to baseball—I mean, it was incredibly entertaining. And uh, week one, baby, I know you saw the NFL schedule release. The fact that uh, my Jets uh, hit up your bills in week one is a dream come true for me. I get to chirp you all preseason, all offseason, up until the moment and first kickoff. It's you versus me. You can't script anything better than that. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be the same as last year, except maybe, you know, there won't be a bad first half this time. So you might owe me money at halftime, but either See, way, you, you know. What you're not taking into account is that we actually have an offensive line now, and Sam Darnold is no longer focused on going into the Lower East Side of Manhattan to kiss <laughs> And getting mono. <laughs> and get mono. So he is uh, – <laughs> he's, he's serious. He's locked in. And, uh, hey – What's better than having Le'Veon Bell on a contract that he's not happy with in year two? He's going to be hungry. <laughs> or he's not going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, dude, just, uh, just to start off, Bill's Jets week one is great. You know, we had that last year. We had fun chirping back and forth. It's going to be interesting because, you know, it's in Buffalo. And, to, you know, it sucks because we don't know if there's going to be fans. And I would, I'd bring you up to Orchard Park and have a good Bill's Mafia tailgate with you. But – probably won't happen so maybe we'll we'll watch your apartment and i'll watch you cry again so um you know that's fun but uh yeah i'm on the second floor of my apartment building we can uh jump off the side roof and uh into it we can put a table downstairs we'll be good we can can still have a tailgate don't you worry improvising (laughs) tailgate jersey city style um yeah no i'm excited the uh schedule release has never been as big as as it is now because we're all quarantined and we're like starving for content and just things whether the season happens or not the bills have four primetime games and i'm pumped and um you know the there's a lot of uh discussion around whether the season's going to start or not but we're just going to pretend that the season's starting on time right now just because we'll break down different things but um yeah when you look at the jet schedule anything pop to you uh, I mean, my first thought is, God damn it. I mean, the fact that the AFC East drew the AFC West and NFC West, uh, I'm looking at my at, at the Jets schedule and for as for as confident as I am that we're going to take a leap this year, 
the teams that we play, it's just going to be a lot of dogfights and yeah, a lot of games. The when schedule I'm, when is I'm not going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, when I'm being realistic with everything, it's uh, I want to say that we're going to be over 500, but I I think that getting to eight and eight would be a very 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 successful season. It's just. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs, I mean, defending champions, that's tough. Uh, I think the Raiders in year two of Gruden's offensive uh, mastery that he has. and That's what a he, question mark to me. but It's a question mark, but what the fact that they're one of, like, the lower-level teams, it's like they're not a home run of, a, of an opponent. And yeah. When you go no, out to the – and I, I and personally, I think the Broncos are going to be on the up and up, um, and, and the Chargers are nothing to – to mess around with and then you go over uh i mean the, the 49ers we have them in week two and they were one <laughs> overthrow away from winning the super bowl um yeah, i think the rams a rams bit overrated but once again they're not a team that i can think oh it's a layup so it, it's just it's just a bunch of games that are i'm gonna be kind of chomping my fingernails the entire game and hopefully the fourth quarter we pull something out so, so you know, you have to pick under your head. What's your record for the Jets this year? I know you said you're expecting around 500, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna lock that in. Not to not to be uh, boring okay. with that take, but dude, um, I did it. I, I locked that in for the Bills for 10 straight years, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we're. I'm looking at the season now, and uh, I think that we are gonna show some resolve, and we we mm-hmm. are gonna pick up a couple of these wins, and the fact that we have. Uh, we have New England twice, both in the second half of the season. We have Miami, um, and hopefully by week 13, we're in some sort of a groove that the Raiders get matchup uh, is a winnable game. But, I mean, when you toss in, like, Cleveland and at L.A. and at Seattle in back-to-back weeks, it's it's just daunting. That's man. tough. So, so in, a, in an optimist in an optimistic way, but staying uh, somewhat reasonable, I'm going to lock in right now May uh, – what are we, May 11th? May 11th, May 11, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> my official lock-in will be 8-8 eight eight for the New York Jets. Okay. I mean, that would be an improvement for you. I know that you're in that spot for the Jets as you're looking for improvement more than you're trying to win the Super Bowl, and that's what you want. 100%. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you nailed it. But um, with what we did to shore up our offensive line, um, we're, we're making the smart, like, roster moves. And Sam Darnold is still only 22 years old. So mm-hmm. our, our foundation blocks and our building blocks to the team are still so young. And uh, Douglas, uh, the GM kind of first draft in his tenure this year. It's like, we're, we're still in the very, very like baby stages of this building. And, uh, I think if we got to eight and eight, even though it's just a marginal increase from record wise last year, uh, another year with Gase and Darnold getting that groove, um, a couple weapons on the outside, I think eight and eight with the schedule that we have would be awesome. Well, sometimes it doesn't even matter in record. You could be eight and eight the next year. You could be eight and eight or nine and seven and still see a ton of improvement. So, um, you know, what was the record last year? Four four and 12 or five? Yeah, they uh, they were four four and 12. 
Okay. Uh, I'll forever put an asterisk next to it just because we didn't have our starting QB for uh, six games. Yeah, and, no, agreed, agreed. I used to say that, that about we the Bills two years ago. So. Uh, we went one yeah. and five. So, um, but yeah, look, uh, looking at that schedule, it's it sucks the opponents that we play because they're all formidable. But I'm mm. confident in the roster that we're throwing out there on the field come September 13th. So uh, I'll toss it over to you. I think uh, the listeners have heard enough about the Jets for one podcast. So let's talk about a team that actually made the playoffs and uh, is looking to make some noise, I'm assuming. How, how are you feeling about the Bills draw? Yeah, so, you know, everyone's throwing out numbers and going crazy about records and stuff like that. I think you have to – the way I look at this for at least the Bills team, they were – you know, a 10 and 16 last year, but as a Jets fan, you saw the last game of the year, you know, the Bills played their third strings. They had a, they had a you know, a wide receiver playing cornerback. Like it was, you know, it was an 11 of five year. If, if, yep. if that game mattered, they win that easily. Um, and I think that when you're going, when you, once you get to that tier where you're a playoff team and you're trying to improve, the improvements look a lot smaller. Like if they go, say they win 10, 11 games next year, and that's pretty much the same record they had, I still think it could be an improvement, especially with the schedule. You talked about the schedule. They play they play at San Fran on Monday night. They play at the Pats on Monday night. They have, um, you know, they play at Vegas. They play Seattle and the Rams at home. It's, I mean, it's not an easy schedule. And I think that – you know, to throw out a number, I'd, I'd probably say I expect it depends if the last game of the year matters, but if it does, if they're, you know, in a fight for the last game, I think they could get to 12 wins, but I think 11 and uh, five is a really good estimate for them this year. And dude, 11 and five could be, I mean, that very well could be the division winner and could be a top three team in the, in the AFC. Yeah. um, I, I think that's very fair. I was looking at your schedule and, uh, you share the damn all these opponents are are good but the difference between the Jets and the Bills is that you guys are that next tier of mm-hmm. oh no we're actually we're actually good so the game against the the Rams and the game against the Raiders should be winnable the game against the, yeah. the Colts and frankly uh, I don't know when you drew they, them, but when you play Cleveland, they don't. They you, don't play Cleveland this year. They don't. Okay. No. So they play the AFC and NFC West, and then I'm trying to think of who their other random games they have. Don't they have two random games in there? Which would be what Colts and Browns for the Jets? Yeah, we had the Colts and Browns. So I don't even remember who it is. I'll I'll remember. But even um, even Seattle, like maybe it might be a primetime game. But I like, love that that's a home game. <laughs> yeah, from a roster standpoint, the fact that you have them coming from west to east, uh, mm-hmm. that'll be that, – that should be a winnable game, to be quite honest with you. And yep. um, something that I think is continuing to get like a slow burn of praise is just how good of a coach uh, QB matchup that you have with McDermott and Allen. I think mm-hmm. that – McDermott as a head coach continues honestly by the week to show that he's one of the best minds in the game. And the fact that he's so no bullshit, uh, he's, he's writing a, a very sh- uh, like tight ship there and having, having that Midwest mid major uh, kind of country boy, Josh Allen, that's not yeah. there. blue, co- very blue collared, which is why it's very, perfect for Buffalo. Yeah. Very blue collar. And I know you touch on it all the time, but it's just, when the fact that you're developing a talented roster, uh, when you have a coach that's no bullshit and you have a QB that's in nature, no bullshit, 
it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it has to be a comforting feeling. I mean, it's great. The thing about Josh that worries, you know, Bills fans is, first of all, his health because he's, he risks everything for every play, which you, you love, but if he's going for an extra yard and gets hurt, it's a whole different thing. But also, he's very inaccurate on the long ball, and I think that that's something he needs to take a step in. And, I mean, you see his arm is incredible. If he can be accurate on that long ball, especially with someone like Diggs coming in and being able to be that wide out, just like John Brown with his speed, you know, if he can hit that long ball a lot more, he can become lethal. But if he does not change that, I mean, that's going to be tough. Yeah. As a thrower, at least, because his legs speak for himself. I love the way he runs, and that's – I mean, I play Madden and run up 150 yards rushing with him every Look game. This, so. everybody. <laughs> this is episode four, and we're finally starting to get uh, level-headed Bush. I actually really enjoy that take. No, I, I think you're spot on, man. Uh, Josh Allen has a ceiling right now, but with his potential, there the, it's limitless. When, you, when mm-hmm. you're 6'6", six, six, and you're big as hell, and you can run like he can, if he can shore up the decision-making of I'll throw it away rather than getting those three yards and risk a concussion or mm-hmm. risk that fumble. Or uh, have that, like when he tried to pitch it against the Texans, just like kind that of, kind of play. Like borderline boneheaded mistakes, and that sounds harsh, mm-hmm. but it is. No, it's true. A, a, a blip in, uh, in decision-making. If he shores that up just a bit more, and uh, I, I think as, as a quarterback, he understands that his deep ball isn't, isn't uh, the most dialed in, and the coaching staff does. And honestly, I think bringing in a guy like Diggs, not only is it just on a, re- a roster standpoint, you need weapons if you want to take that next step to become like kind of vying for uh, the Super Bowl and deep runs into the playoffs, but I think bringing Diggs in is a – is a testament of the ownership saying, Hey, Josh, like we're believing in your growth and or, building around them. And we're building around your growth and we're going to bring in a deep threat, uh, kind of specialist in, mm-hmm. in Diggs. let's be honest. Uh, Diggs is one of the best at separation off the line and getting into that. Second Just running his routes too, and tricking guys out. on a corner and stuff. Yeah. Right. So if, uh, if Josh Allen can make, John Brown, a, a viable waiver wire pickup in a lot of fantasy leagues randomly, just because of how they connected. Imagine what can, uh, what the possibilities are with Diggs. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm looking at the AFC now without Tom Brady. I would lean that it would be a Bills division to win. I mean, right now it's their division to win in my Book, but I mean, a lot of people, I mean, but, uh, sports books have started changing the bills of favorites right now. They, um, before the draft, it was the Patriots. And I really think that it's insane to think that the Patriots have the biggest question mark at quarterback because it's been Tom Brady dominating the division for so long. And it's pretty, pretty pleasant for us. Yeah, no, I, uh, last point on the AFC East. It's, I, 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 to be honest, I'm hearing chatter about all three of your teams. The Jets are the only team that I'm not hearing that are going to be like vying for the division. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the Dolphins talk is very, very premature. I think they're building something decent. They're and- definitely building, but it they're is. Building, they're, but don't, don't overrate them like this. That's what I'm saying. So it's, it, we've, we've dealt with the, the building of foundations for so many years. It's Brian Flores isn't going to turn what he's, he's working with from 
terrible to incredible just because Tom Brady left. So from a roster yeah. standpoint, I, I do really think that the Bills are going to uh, be there. So um, I love it. I, I know we're, <laughs> we're part of the premature uh, journalism in the sense that we want to give you guys kind of our picks for each division winner, right, Bush? And then yeah, let's do because this year there's 14 teams, so there's an extra wild card. So we'll do, let's say we'll do maybe each of us read off AFC division winners and then NFC, and then we'll go into wild card and maybe pick a Super Bowl for the hell of it. Something okay. Like that. Let uh, let's go. Um, let's go all the way down the divisions and then do three wild card from AFC, three wild card from NFC. NFC. Okay. Cool. Yeah, let's go division. We each say it, and then go next division like that. I'm cool with that. So I'll start with my AFC East winner. I am going to say your Buffalo Bills. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I am also going to say that. Yep. <laughs> Down to the AFC North. Um, I do think that the Ravens are going to repeat as uh, AFC North champ. Yeah, I think the Ravens have no issue. They're only going to build on what they already built, and I think that one playoff loss is not going <laughs> to affect them to the way – or two now, but one with, you know, a full full season of Lamar is not going to affect them that much. And I do think that the AFC North is a sneaky uh, watch, uh, a sneaky pick for most entertaining division. Uh, you yeah. look at the teams here, Pittsburgh getting Big Ben back, uh, Cleveland – it's borderline a train wreck every year. So out of just train wreck. How, but roster-wise, they 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 got an incredible roster. That's the thing. Roster-wise, they, they continue to get stronger. So I want to see that. And then Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. And uh, honestly, I thought they had an incredible draft. So I, I like yeah. that. But moving on to the AFC South, this gets interesting. Um, I don't think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Tennessee. Same. I really don't think, you know, Tennessee is a great team and I think they're going to do good things, but I don't think, you know, having your uh, quarterback be a guy that's going to be a question mark always and having your best player be your only player in offense is going to get them too far. But I really don't see them blowing this division from the way just building on last year's postseason success and realizing if you give Derrick Henry the ball 45 times, he's going to win every game. So (laughs) not every game, but you know what I mean? He's going to be able to beat teams that you should not beat. Yep, I agree that uh, right now I, I give the edge to Tennessee. So, But I am sneaky intrigued with how Phillip Rivers is going to uh, run that ship in Indianapolis. So that's kind of a team yeah. that I'm looking out for. Um, moving on to the AFC West. Uh, We're no, probably going to – No-brainer. I think Jeez, we just have sure. all four AFC winners. Wait, let's go to wild cards now. I'm going to see if we can get if we can match them. That'd be hilarious. Okay, so uh, wild cards in the AFC in no order, correct? We're just going through. Yeah, just three wild cards. Okay, so I think that my wild cards are going to be Indianapolis, Denver, and Cleveland. Wow, my guy. Okay, so I agree with Cleveland. I think that they're going to be able to do something this year, and I think that that team is way too talented to keep Brownsing everything. And okay. as a guy that you know went to school there, I know a ton of Browns fans, and they talk about how they mess up everything, but I'd love to see them in the playoffs. How do they, um, how do they feel when you use Brownsing? As they a- use the term. They use the term. <laughs> on it. It, Brownsing is – I used to say Billsing all the time. It's the same thing. It's, you know, <laughs> just screwing up when it, when it doesn't seem possible. But I need to – put jetsing into my uh, vocab yeah you should i think you should um and then my other two are 
so I think the Steelers have such a good defense that they can make the playoffs off of their defense alone. I think their offense has talent, but we don't know where the hell Ben's going to, big Ben's going to be. He could be, he could be on his way down on his way out, but he could come back and have a great season. I really don't know. So, but I think with their defensive alone, they, they can make the playoffs with any quarterback. I think they, they, if your Jets didn't beat them last year, wasn't it the Jets that beat them that knocked them out of the playoffs last year? If, yeah. if they, they were one game, game away from the playoffs. So, yeah. um, And then my third team, this team's going to be a question mark because of their move in trading Hopkins, but I think the, te- the, the Texans make the wild card again. And um, But, yeah, we really don't know. I think that there could be a lot of teams that sneak in at the end. Yeah, uh, I was going back and forth on it. Honestly, I think one of the wildcard teams are going to be coming out of that AFC South. Um, none of the four teams are like. I mean, it's not the Jaguars. Let's just let's just start there. Yeah. they're going to be trash. <laughs> Between Houston, Tennessee, and Indy, they're not necessarily like a sexy pick, but they are well coached, or they are they are a good unit. And mm-hmm. every year I feel like that division is always 10 and six, nine and seven, eight and eight, but they're all kind of like, it's always Ooh. a battle. Yeah. It's always a battle. And, and I do think that uh, one of those teams, I just look at Phil Rivers as a vet. He knows what he's doing. I love the coaching staff and, and the, the foundation that Indy has. And honestly, getting rid of Hopkins, nothing more needs to be said. I do think I'm going to give the, the nod to uh, Indy for that final. Okay. Uh, I like I like the picks though. I like that you went brownies too. So nice. I want to see that. I, that'd be great, especially you know yep. seeing seeing all my friends being depressed brown fans by week four is just not cool. And I like to you know see them do well. Totally. So, so. moving moving down to the NFC um, in the NFC East, I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that they've made some. You know, they made a splash, and I think CeeDee Lamb's gonna be incredible, and it's gonna be awesome to watch their wide receiver core go at it this year. Yeah. Um, Dak is Dak is trying to prove himself every single day. So I think that that's huge for them. Yeah. And it, it, this is one of those divisions that getting CD lamb there. And with all this talk about uh, Dak Prescott, it's like, he's so confident that he is the money that he thinks he's worth. And there's so much chatter about like, ah, I don't know if he wants, if he's that good. I think this is a perfect year of a put up or shut up and uh, it's a prove it year for sure for him. And I think yeah. that it could, I mean, it could very well go down the gutters quick. We don't know, but yeah, I, I really see them being good team this year. I do. Especially think after last year. I, I think with how that top of the NFC East always plays out, it's always a dog fight last year, the Philly Eagles, they won at nine and seven, no team in this division typically is ever going to be 12-4, So I do think that the Dallas Cowboys will grind out the division win. But uh, moving to the NFC North, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I have the Packers. Okay. I mean, um, there's th- those two teams, there's not much to explain besides they're just steady and they're going to be going. Um, you know, the Packers are going to be very, very questionable this year what they do and, and how Aaron Rodgers takes everything now that they drafted Jordan Love. But I think that that team, too solid all around to, to, to miss the playoffs this year, especially not to win the division. So, Moving on to the NFC South. Um, might come as a surprise just because they're not the sexy team in the media, but I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. I am too. Um, you know I'm a big uh, – 
proponent of Gronk and uh, Brady this year, but um, I don't think they're going to win the division. I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs or do anything, but the Saints are just so, so solid offensively, and I really think that they're going to put up a lot of, a lot of 40, 50 burgers on everyone, and I'm going to bet every single over, and it's going to be incredible, and <laughs> they're going to win the division, you know, again. So. Yeah. Awesome. And then lastly, uh, in the NFC West – uh, loved what the 49ers did in their draft. They were an overthrow away from winning the Super Bowl last season. I think they're going to uh, repeat as division champs. Yep, same here. 49ers, everyone's – after they lose the Super Bowl, everyone's, like, having questions about Garoppolo and, and their whole team, and I think that's ridiculous. They're going to be just – they're going to be right there again. They're going to be in the Super Bowl in the next couple of years anyway. So, you know, yeah. they're going to win the division easy, I think. So I'll just rattle off my three wild card – picks um okay. i'm gonna go philly and this is in no particular order just because yeah. they're wild card so i got the eagles i have the tampa bay buccaneers because i'm too scared to bet against tom brady after all of those don't years. do it don't do it <laughs> and my uh final team is gonna be the seattle seahawks you had seahawks eagles bucks so i have Seahawks and Bucks as well, and okay. the Vikings. So I'm having the Packers and Vikings both make the playoffs. And I think that the Bucks are going to probably be the top wildcard team out of all those. I think they're going to have a great year, but it's not going to be the outstanding year that everyone is expecting already right off the bat. Interesting. Okay. But so Super Bowls to, in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> to, save some, uh, to save some time and uh, to save my voice because we're already talking too much, uh, let's just skip, you know, right to uh, who we think are going to be Super Bowl representing uh, in Tampa Bay for this uh, coming 2020 season. Bush, give me your AFC winner. So I think it's going to be the Chiefs. Um, okay. I think they're just too incredible and they're only going to get better. And I think, um, you know, drafting a running back there and Hilaire is going to be incredible with them and yeah. he's going to fit right in there. Um I think they're going to have a great year. Hopefully Mahomes stays healthy and, and he can just build off of what he did in the postseason last year and towards the end of the year. And um, yeah, that's my AFC team. And I'm guessing you have the same. Yeah. Or the doesn't, Ravens. Doesn't even need to be explained, but I have the chiefs coming out okay. of the, uh, coming out. But I do, of, have the, I do think the bills are going to win a playoff game. That's all I'm going to say. Nice. We'll see though. Cause they might get a buy and have to play like the Ravens or someone. So maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Chiefs in, and then I will take in the NFC. <sighs> it's annoying. My heart says uh, – my heart kind of wants to pick Minnesota, but I'm going to go uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's a Repeat. More, full repeat. I think it might be a full repeat. Interesting. I'm still oh. – you know who I think – could be see this is the team that I thought last year going into the playoffs was going to make it all and they lost in their first game and I think the Saints have a really good chance of being that team and if the Saints play the Chiefs oh my god take the over holy crap so <laughs> you could give me an over at 90 and I'll take it <laughs> literally no I mean the the Saints are one of those teams that it's it, it's tough to bet against um I just look at the the full body of work that Shanahan has going in uh, San Francisco. It's I, I think that the Saints and the 49ers are so close at the top, 
um, but just how complete or more complete that defense is in the Bay. Uh, I, I think that's the difference um, between the two teams. And although it's a uh, boring pick, I do think my money would be on the um, on on the teams to to repeat and get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm all for it. That was a I was uh, lucky to be able to go to the Super Bowl at, this past year, and it was so much fun. That game was incredible. I mean, we expected more scoring earlier, but it was such a fun game, and I really would you know I wouldn't mind having those two teams kind of go at it again. It was pretty great. Yeah. So nice, and I think down the road we'll be able to uh, have the time to kind of dissect by division more in depth. I, I think there's oh, yeah. uh, storylines all over the league that frankly, we haven't even be like begun to discuss. So mm -hmm. down the road, we'll, we'll take more time to, to get into that. But uh, I'm excited to bring on our guest tonight, Mike Garabedian, friend of ours, uh, yep. former colleague at the NBA, but now he's uh, managing social media for the major league soccer um, based in New York City now, but uh, obviously um, working all across the country to uh, to execute that. He's doing a good job there, um, and we'll, we'll get his Super Bowl take. We'll ask him that. But yep. uh, yeah, excited. It'll be the box for sure. Let's be yeah, honest. <laughs> I, I love how he's come out of the woodwork once Brady and Gronk. Huge Bucks fan, not a Miami fan. No. <laughs> so let, let's see if he uh, backs that up uh, when we he listen to him. But. Yep. Um, Coming up is uh, our buddy, Mike Garabedian. Yep, we'll send it to him now. Thanks, guys. Welcome back. We're here joined with our good buddy, Mike Garabedian, uh, social media manager of MLS right now. Um, you know, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going, good. bro? What's good, fellas? Hey, What's going on, my man? man? Long time no see. I know, I know. <laughs> It's been a couple months. We were out together like a month before this happened. Crazy. Who knew that would have been the last time we saw each other for a couple months? It feels like <laughs> uh, five years, bro. No, no bullshit about that. I legitimately don't think I've seen you in person since I came to New York last, which was like 2019 summer, maybe? I think it was. I think you surprised <laughs> someone for their birthday. Oh, yeah. Katie's birthday. What? I don't remember what month, but it was 2019. It was a while ago. You were bowling. <laughs> Before oh, yeah, we, we went to a bowling yeah. alley, bro. <laughs> Before we go down memory lane, we have to uh, give the backstory. So Mike worked with us at the NBA. Uh, mm -hmm. All three of us are now uh, former employees there, but that's how, how this bond started. He's part of the NBA uh, fam forever with us. A um, lot of good memories in the content center, but also yes, outside. Yeah. and in Also the at the bars. Um, but I think something <laughs> that we've – that we did with Justin was kind of talking about best memories. Um, I'll, I'll toss that to you as well. What, what are some of the fondest things that you remember from our time at the NBA together? Yo, just sitting in that content room, man. And like, I know I, probably everyone says that. Yeah. Like we were like a little family in there. You could basically go in there, just talk shit. Like it was crazy. <laughs> I would show up, I'd show up at like 5 30, If I had a meeting, I'd show up a little earlier. And I would go downstairs. I wouldn't even go to my desk upstairs. I'd go upstairs, get my coffee, get my cold brew. I miss that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, 
Oh, you dude, you so were big on the cold guy. brew. <laughs> yeah, so I so he was a big down. cold brew guy. You oh. were a big cold brew guy, but you had the most funky setup. You always had like shit on the sides, like soy milk. You know, I like a little soy milk. To the color. <laughs> I don't know about that. I man. live in Brooklyn, so soy milk. oh boy, I don't know about that. One. Cold brew, that's that right up my alley. Soy milk, but I don't know. That was some suspect things in there. Man. <laughs> oh man, right, it was. Oh, that was the best. So that, that's how I started my day. Go downstairs. I just drop my stuff off and then honestly, immediately just start talking shit. Right. Just say I, no, what's up I was, everyone, just say hi, pound everyone. And then I don't know, if someone was in a hot take, I just joined it. And that's what I did. <laughs> I, dude, I just think that between the three of us, there's so much shit talking, arguing, debating oh, that went on, yeah. whether it's just two of us or whatever, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's why you join, that's why you work in sports, right? That's yes, 100%. Like you go, for the camaraderie, people similar, you know, similar interests as you. They love sports. They love to talk. I mean, we're all fans. Let's be real. But we work hard when it comes time. But like, we're watching those games as fans, and we're giving you the content that we want to see as fans. So we feel yeah. like it's just catered towards you guys. It's so true. And yeah. uh, yo, but like those memories, like I don't know. I was there for you know, Dame's buzzer beater, and mm-hmm. I was there for Kawhi's buzzer beater. Kawhi's buzzer. You mean beater. you mean Tiso buzzer buzzer beater, right? Tiso hashtag Tiso <laughs> buzzer beater. <laughs> Remember the content center? Those were the worst things ever. Those I mean, were everyone. Everyone wanted those, work. but they're crazy. They were crazy. They were sick. Next thing you know, it's four in the morning. It's still working. Like fuck, man. Why? Why couldn't he hit it with one second? Why couldn't he get fouled? Hit some <laughs> Sorry, guys. Like they're fun, but sometimes so- you don't want them unless it's your team. Obviously, dude. It, that. it is so true, and it's so funny how like the the way my mind shifted like as time went along at the NBA from like initially when I was when I worked there like at the beginning when when buzzer beaters happened I would like jump up and be like let's fucking go like oh my god but then like the more I realized like oh shit this makes our job for the next like, four hours. <laughs> so much more yeah, difficult oh, I literally we all in the content center were like praying like miss it miss it or like travel or get fouled or something <laughs> that just didn't make it a buzzer beater buzzer beaters were the worst oh. in it was fun, I mean, dude. It was the worst. The worst. But then they were like, they were so entertaining. Like I, I, I got to work. I was there for Wade's buzzer beater. I'm a huge Miami guy. Right. So I got the inner Miami hat, uh, right. you know, representing. And now, and Dwayne Wade's my favorite player. I grew up watching, you know, the second best shooting guard that ever lived. Um, oh God. Shout out. Hey, I'm sorry. Most top five for sure. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. All right. All right. So this top is what five. we do. This is exactly what we do. <laughs> Way better than Melo. If anyone's talking, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. We will not argue this for the right. 90th time. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah. And then, I mean, it was cool. Like those are some sick moments, but yeah, like you said, you're going to be there until three, four in the morning. Um, and I mean, it, it was fun. I mean, my last night I had, a, I was in the content chair uh, directing all the content for the night. I had a TSO buzzer beater. I had a couple 50 point games. I worked till six in the morning. It's my last night. And I'm like, God, this Whatever. place like fucking doesn't end, but it was dope. And then I'm just talking shit, meanwhile, the whole time with you boys. Oh, 100%. (laughs) That's actually an awesome way to end, though, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. To to look back on that time in your life in in this industry and think that your swan song came on uh, on that night and literally you, you left when you were seeing the sunrise, that's that's the true definition of, like, what it took to be a that NBA fan. Oh, yeah. without a doubt, without a doubt. And it, I mean, like I said, I had some crazy memories. Uh, Kawhi's was one of the best ones because the guy who was running the content center, big Philly fan. 
I'm over here recording. I'm just making fun of him. <laughs> he's, he's devastated. I'm making fun of the You're dude. You're talking about Doug, right? <laughs> yeah, big Philly fan. Screw you, man. Shout out Doug Adams. Send him home. Shout um, out Doug. Like, those were the nights where I'm making fun of this guy while he's experiencing this as a fan. And, oh, man. Like, me and Bush, we had a night. We saw LeBron's buzzer beater against the I was going to bring that up. The fact that we <laughs> – well, it was the, it was the Raptor series – Yes. LeBron's last year in uh, Cleveland. And I remember because, you know, you're a Miami guy. I'm a Cavs guy. We love LeBron. And I remember we let, we, what we have like day shifts. So we left early or something, went to B dubs. And then he hits that banking buzzer beater. And I just remember both of us, first of all, we're like, holy shit. Like that was sick. But also, ha, they're all freaking out in the office right now while we're watching this in B dubs with a pair of wings. I was like, yo, screw you guys. Screw you. <laughs> Oh, it was man. so funny it was like the it was such an evil like thought but like every time i would look up because i remember uh i was actually on uh a junior nba trip when Kawhi hit that shot and i remember being out at a bar eating dinner it happened and i flipped out of course you check my slack mind, my <laughs> mind my mind went immediately to like Thank fucking God I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I understand that. I understand. Speaking it's of that NBA trip, we had, a, we had a good time over there. I got to visit over there in Orlando. Yeah, no, you for sure did. That was a good, tra- good time. I mean, I felt like I was there for, like, a billion days. But, nah, you being there, that was a good little uh, reprieve. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, in you general, know, I was an hour and a half away, and you didn't hit me up, but that's okay. Oh, oh my God. Damn. I mean, you you should know the NBA doesn't get it didn't give us any time. I think you don't think too. You just you just go. Yeah, you just go. Yeah, that's how I live my life. I don't really I'm think. Also I kidding. Just react. That's why I, I think my most media. down my most down time when I was down there in Orlando was like forty five minutes of free time. So wouldn't go. have been even able uh, to do anything. But Absolutely. it's cool though. Hearing uh, your perspective, the same as ours. It's like nothing but good memories in general uh obviously there's some there's some shitty things uh, of course but uh in general man it was an awesome time the fact that we'll be boys now moving forward is, is oh, that was the biggest thing the, the one the one thing i want to bring up is you being 2k mikey and freaking <laughs> the 2k league starts up and you are like the guy and yeah. like how was that i mean i remember you were grinding and then gabe came in and helped out and you know yeah. you guys were we're killing it, but I remember you were just 2K Mikey for a while. I mean, it was wild. So, like, I, there's this cool uh, opportunity, just jumped in, and I go to I go to my boss. I was like, yo, like, yeah, I saw he was swamped. I was like, yo, let me help you out. It'd be cool. I play 2K. You know, I'm, I'm whatever, but my brother was nasty. So, I, But I know about the game, and I play. And, you know, I, I grew up I grew up gaming a little. I'm not going to lie. I used to play a lot of Gears of War at night. So I knew there a little bit go. about the space, but I also knew where it was going. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Let me just join in. And, uh I just hop in, not knowing exactly what I'm about to do. And I'm just like, next thing you know, my boss just hands the keys over to the kingdom. He's like, all right, come up with a content plan. All right, what kind of content we're going? All right, what are we rolling out with? And I'm like, oh, shit. This is, this <laughs> and, is, I, and I still remember crazy. that. I still remember in, the, uh, in our archives, we had that one gif of you at the 2K stadium. You were behind taking some photo and then just like, oh, shit, running back. I'm on camera because you, you try to stay up. I'll never forget that. Realize you're in the middle of it. Oh, my God. 
Um, it's like go. It's like a drone shot or whatever. A jib going down, and you're just like right there, like oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was awesome though. Like, but like I'm not gonna lie, I went in there blind. But uh, it was the first season. A lot of I mean, people, everyone did. Yeah, a lot of people did. Um, you know, I had a lot of Saturdays, a lot of Sundays in there. The schedule was wild, but it was it was pretty dope. Um, just because you're doing some, you have no idea, so you're just thinking on the fly. And like for mm-hmm. me personally, I'm, I mean, I plan a lot because we were in social media, but like, I, the majority of the stuff I come up with is just on the fly. Like we're watching games, you're like, all yeah. right, you remember this and it just happens. That's why mm-hmm. I work social. That's why I work in social. Like you just, you just react and that's what- Yeah, that's you're, you're always going. Yeah. yeah. Plus, so, plus um, also it was down the street from my house and uh, I'm in my apartment. Oh, the studio. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember you being like, yo, oh, it's my, easy. I can't. Oh, I got no commute. <laughs> I got no commute. I'm in. And Brooklyn, you had the, where was it? Long Island City, right? Long Island City. I'm in Greenpoint. Yeah. It was a 10 minute bike ride. I used to hop you on and, my You and Kev would go there. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. had you had the worst uh, commute to get into the uh, actual office. So I bet when 2K was afforded to you, you were like, "Oh, fucking sign me up." 10, ten minute bike ride. I'm like, okay. You used to hop on my city bike. Oh, uh, but it was Do cool. We... I met some cool people. People I had no idea I'd meet. Um, I got to work uh, like a celebrity game. Got to beat the 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 you know. Red Mamba, I got to meet Chris Brickley. I got to meet a bunch of people, and it was cool. And I got to sit in the chairs and play, you know, during during uh during a little break on some of the days. Did, did, did they put sick. like phone phone books under so you could see the screen? Or? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> cold blooded, cold blooded. Oh Jesus! Hey, this guy don't want it though. This guy don't I want love it. You. I love you. Damn, <laughs> nah, man, you uh, you were lucky. He's virtual right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in UK pioneer but mikey uh enough nba talk earlier in the pod bush and i kind of went through um the nfl schedule release went uh went down last week and uh we picked our division winners uh we won't uh, bore you with that but um, i'm a bail away guys bucks fan i we're looking that's what we're about to ask you so just okay so all right, all right. <laughs> bush it's funny we knew that you were gonna say that shit we so knew that was coming Let's get right to it. I, I, I'm going to jump you right to your Super Bowl pick, but um, oh. if that doesn't include Tampa Bay, I'll, I'll ask a follow-up of, of how you're feeling as a Bucks fan. Oh, Bucks fan. Come on. I've been to 10 Bucks games in Tampa. I went to UCF. Used to go down. Used to take an hour and a half drive on Sundays, go to games all the time. So, so we're, we're, you're a Miami boy. What, what happened to the Dolphins? They just sucked that bad that you gave them up? <laughs> I mean, I like the Dolphins, not gonna lie, but I grew up, and you know when you're a kid, you're just like flip-flopping, not gonna lie, you don't really know sports, yep. and that's what I did. I didn't know sports, and then when I started learning football, I was like, the Bucks were nice. They had this, they had a sick defense. They had a white dude named Michael Stott, fullback, an absolute monster, and they had a linebacker, Derek Brooks, who is a beast and my favorite player of all time. I actually made my dad sit and, and go to a, a mall and come get a jersey with me, and, and come get my jersey signed. He actually dragged one of my best friends. Like, this is my team. I mean, we were dirty. Simeon Rice, Rondé Barber. So, yeah. All I'll say, all I'll say is that that could be true, and that's an awesome backstory. I haven't heard one time that you were a Bucks fan. Yeah, you haven't said anything about it. What happened all the years that it's What do you, you guys, you're crazy, dude. I never heard you. Dude, I used to mock Jameis on the daily. Why didn't, why didn't I hear anything? My friends make fun of me because I stuck with Jameis. I didn't want us to lose Jameis. I'm like, yo. Hey, hey, he had one year, new coach, Bruce Haynes was turning around, and we threw the most picks. But, you know, he and Tina have some contacts in. And then being from Florida, you know, like, I watched him at FSU. I'm like, the guy is there. The guy is there. He threw, he threw All right, so he's not, he's not there anymore. And uh, then uh, 
Yeah, but then we get Tom Brady. I'm like, oh, I'm LA in Super Bowl. I'd say, and he brought his boy Gronk with him. Okay, oh, so wow. is is that who you – do you think that oh, – we're, we're winning the NFC. We're winning wow. the NFC. Okay, that's Unfortunately, interesting. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, the only competition – I mean, we got, we got Breeze. He's tough. I mean, Breeze and Brady, that's a matchup, right? That's like <laughs> – that's that is the Super Bowl in the NFC. Um, <laughs> San Fran's gonna be tough, but they got Jimmy G. Come on now. Let's yeah. So to give you, a and then who who do you have in the AFC? I got the, the the guy that's gonna go down, that might surpass Tom Brady as the best p- player we've ever seen in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that, there's no stopping. They're that just nasty. I mean, <laughs> the guy's throwing backward passes over here. He's on the run, going one way and just throwing through the other. I mean, that was my favorite sport growing up. I'm a football guy as well. I mean, I'm all sports. That's why I've been a major star. That's why I'm in the NBA, all that. But, like, that, that guy, he's fun to watch. And Kansas City. For sure. For sure. So we actually are all, uh, with your AFC pick, we all picked the Chiefs to repeat, yep. uh, to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I personally had the 49ers. It's, it's a boring pick. Wow. But I do, you picked a rematch? I do. Uh, yeah, man. I, I think Never uh, I could see it easy. Never. You don't think Never. it? Never. Yeah, I know. History tells differently. But and I look, look at the NFC and uh, the Saints are, are right there. I just think the defense that San Fran has and the fact that they were literally a, a long ball away from winning that Super Bowl. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't happen often, but I, I have a rematch on schedule. And Bush, you had uh, the Saints, right? Saints, Saints, yeah. yeah. Ooh, I mean, so, I could see the Saints. I could see the Saints. But yeah. football's weird, man. Hey, like, no one expects it. That's, that's why football's the most wild sport there is. It's, it's great. The unexpected. And, like, no one knows what the hell's – who picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl before the year started? Come on, I, who picked the 49ers I, to dominate? I know I didn't. <laughs> no one did. Who That's the why Ravens to be where they were. Who, yeah, who picked Lamar Jackson? I mean, some people did. Lamar Jackson down south, South Florida guys. So I'm all Lamar Jackson. They love him. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. But like, that's what that's what football is all about, and the injury factor. I mean, it is a brutal sport. So like, someone's gonna get injured. Some something's gonna change. Not both teams are gonna end up there. I think the KC, but who knows? But like, two teams, that'd be some wild, wild odds. I mean, it'd be crazy. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that you came in guns blazing about your bucks. The fact that you have them in the Super Bowl, it's not going to happen in my opinion, but the fact that you picked them. It's going to be a fun season. I love that, but yeah, it is going to be a fun season. If there's a season. Hopefully it happens. Um, And speaking of a season that I'm hoping that happens um, is the MLS. And uh, I kind of want to update all of us. Um, everyone listening, but us too. Uh, how has it been since you've been there? Social media manager there. Um, so in the same world of social media, but flipping from the NBA to the MLS basketball to soccer, how has that change been for you? It, it was fun, man. It was just different because like, it's such a unique experience for me going from the NBA. Actually, uh, you know, backstory, I was also at the MLB. So I've been at a couple leagues and just to see how each league works differently from the league office standpoint is really, really cool. But for me, um, like I said, I'm from Miami and seeing a team like Inter Miami and seeing, I went back home, I was home for week two and I went to a bar for the games. Um, I was home for a wedding. So second week of the season, I know I'm not working games over there. Um, but like we went to a bar for the games and it was packed. Like this, it was the watch party was nuts. Everyone's rocking Inter Miami games. I mean, gear and like, I was pumped. I'm like, this is gonna be really cool. 
and like I, I'm just starting to get into soccer. It's kind of a new sport to me. Like I, I didn't grow up a soccer fan. I grew up a football fan. Um, but like as you grow older, you know, new traditions and like being around different people definitely kind of shape who you are. And the World Cup got me, man. Like I remember waking up at like 6 a.m. watching games. And then when we had off days at the NBA, I'm going to watch games at 10 a.m. bars. Like it was really freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning about this league um, coming in the off season. Seattle just won. It was it was a rematch with Toronto. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be really cool. And like yeah. I said, we have an expansion team. First first uh, my first weekend week working games. We got Nashville. It, they had the most fans for an uh, attendance in a soccer game history in North America. It was like. In Tennessee history, it was like 60-some thousand. Wow. People were like, yo, wait till you go to a game. It's going to change you. I went to one game. It was Mexico versus Jamaica in Philly for the CONCACAF finals. So I'm like, I'm pumped. I can't wait to work a game. Mm. And then, like, you know, this hits. And, like, most people, we didn't know the extent of it um, personally. But um, it's, it's different. It's allowing me to really kind of sit back and just think differently in terms of content. Okay. So, um, you know, we, we got to give our fans like a unique experience to see how, how, you know, we got to, te- you know, educate them about our league, but also teach them about our past. So this is our 25th season right now. So it's, it was the celebration of the 25th season. I'm like, let's go on pumps. I'm celebrating our 25th season. I'm entering the league. Such a growing what a year. <laughs> yeah, this is nuts. It's, it's, this, this league is growing, right? We got David Beckham in Miami. Everyone's pumped. We got Nashville. Like this is, and the league keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm excited. We got some huge names this year. We had a lot, you know, we had Chicharito come. I was here for that. Like Chicharito, Chicharito you know, <laughs> the Mexican army in LA was fired yeah. up. I mean, we were pumped. And, and then, you know, like I said, this happened. So it, it allows us now we have to sit back. And for me, from a historical standpoint, I'm now learning the league because a lot of stuff we're throwing back some of our historical content because what you know what can you do now you can you can't you can look forward to the what's going to happen but like no one really knows so during this content hiatus um we we celebrate our 25th season so it was april 6 i think we basically re-aired all the first the first game ever in mls we got four players that played in it and they they did we did a live stream with them commentating i'm gonna mm-hmm. sit back and these guys were on the u.s men's national team so they're talking about them like this is freaking awesome um, we launched the MLS in 96 Instagram account that basically is reliving the 96 year in real time from the first draft pick to, you know, the first goal scored and it's still going on. Shout out, give it a follow guys. Um, so this is really cool for me. Like I'm like, it's like a whole new language I'm learning. And I'm also had to think differently. Unlike, uh, like, at the, like everybody, like no one knows what the hell is going on right now. Like right. no one knows yeah. these content plans. So we're figuring out week by week, by week. So Right now, we're just sitting back. Um, every week, the way we're approaching it is like we're streaming live games like everybody else. But we're thinking like, all right, let's celebrate specific weeks. And specific weeks uh, have a sort of theme behind it. And that's the theme we're going to roll with. So like, for instance, this week is uh, Heineken Rivalry Week. So I was actually in charge of the content plan um, for Heineken Rivalry Week. And we're really honing in on like the big rivalries around MLS. Like, you know, El Trafico, LAFC, the Galaxy, you know. So, like, those are really, really cool, and I'm learning about them. We have Toronto, Montreal, like, you know, Cascadia Cup, which is Port, uh, Portland, Seattle. It's been around before MLS was around. So, I'm like, me, me, I'm like, all right, I'm in charge of this content plan. I got, you know, I'm learning about this history. It's, it's been really, really cool. 
But luckily for us, uh, last week we returned to practice. So the end, the end, go. Guys, <laughs> the end is near. At least that's how it feels right now. Yeah, that's always good. It's honestly, it's like the craziest. It's got to be the craziest thing coming into a job, like you mentioned. <laughs> not only are you trying to learn the sport because you know, like it's not like the NBA where you knew everything, but also. <laughs> freaking corona hits and then you're just at home and not at home not just at home but you're trying to create things you know off the cusp and you can't you know it's not as easy so shout out yeah no, it's really cool <laughs> and shout out uh you mentioned it but that uh the mls 96 account that you're doing um throwing it back to like footage from that first season but having a whole channel be just that so like i remember when the first one that i saw i was just like oh that's kind of a cool idea and then i realized like the entire page is nothing but throwback it was like that i thought that was an awesome idea so uh hats off to you there but i had a question um regarding how you're talking about like the expansion teams and david beckham now uh owning in miami Things are getting bigger, and, and the fact that we just had Zlatan for a bit, um, from a player, uh, from a player perspective, Chicharito now in LA as well. Um, I I feel like I keep hearing some English Premier League guys, people in the Euro leagues that are starting to more and more express interest. Is that are you holding the same belief and, and expectation that we're heading in the in the next few years maybe even decade that we're going to start to get maybe one of those european guys in their prime to make that leap or you think we're still a ways away from that i think it's twofold honestly like you know really paying attention to the sport and the u.s over the past you know couple years really getting into the world cup like we have so much talent here like one of my best friends works in youth youth development leagues and he's talking about how like with the fastest growing sport in America is soccer. So it's like, yeah, we're, we could get those. And, and like, I think we're starting, we got to start with like our homegrown players, which we have like Alfonso Davies was a US, was a Canadian player and went over there. So like, that's where the league gets really strong is growing our homegrown players. And then people come, you know, people overseas are like, oh my God, US, great place to live. Canada, great place to live. And like the league's really, really competitive. And I mean, it, it's, it's, the league's really competitive. Like we just, we said, we've had a lot of players, older players come over here and had great experiences. Wayne Rooney said the same thing. Um, so that's the big thing is like the, the sky's the limit. We're just so young and you're just creating a league out of nowhere. Like it was 25 years ago. They're like, all right, we're going to create a major league soccer in America where, you know, soccer was, you know, like the fourth or fifth sport realistically. Um, so as the U S men's national team grows, as youth youth academies grow around uh, America, and that's one thing we're big fo- we're focused on is youth development. I mean, think kind of sky's the limit, and from there, people want to play in the best league. They want to play with the best talent. So you know, as America gets better, people see the attraction over here. Like I said, the David Beckham effect and the ability to showcase and put yourself on a world level. Like soccer, yeah, you're big in Europe and and that you know that side of the world. But if you want to become a global brand you got to take it to the, to North America and this side of the, the, the world. And I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to, ha- I think it's going to happen. It's, it's just, like I said, it's really exciting. It's competitive. Right. 
it's gonna be it's it's interesting sky's the limit it's 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 different you you just never know you never know never know no i I think that's uh i think that's fair i also take from what you're saying is is that it's going to be a slow burn if you think that for us to get those big guys to come over from europe that we have to grow our our homegrown players then we're on a we're on the the building of that but i think a guy like I'm looking at like Pulisic uh, over there at Chelsea. When he signed with Chelsea, I'm a Chelsea fan personally, so I know yeah. their roster. Um, when he signed there, we th- they had enough players of his position that I was like, I don't know if I see the fit. And after a season of watching it, he barely cracked the lineup. So I'm wondering if uh, if maybe he goes another year of not really seeing time. I, I, he didn't crack the lineup because he was hurt. He was hurt, but like Mason, when he, he's not hurt. Mason Mount, uh, th- there were guys that were solid, they, like in that role. So I'm wondering, like at, at his age, do you think there's any chance that he almost takes the plunge in his prime to come back over since he's already a global but United States icon? You think there's a chance that Pulisic – just kind of retreats and comes back to the MLS? I mean, there's always a chance. It's honestly, everybody's different. Like it's personal preference. What if his whole, his whole dream, maybe he's wanting to go and play in the English Premier League, maybe. Right. And that's where he's at right now. And I'm pretty sure he's said that. Um, but who knows? Maybe he wants to come back home, be closer to family. And also he sees, you know, Major League Soccer as something that's taking off. I think it's just personal preference. And that's what like, everything is nowadays players have all the power it's similar to basketball like where are these guys going lebron oh i'm going to la because i want to go live in la i'm not going i'm leaving my home home city because i want to go play there um players they're gonna react how they act they're gonna they're gonna you know base everything on what what fits them it's similar to how we do our jobs like it's the reason i moved to new york i want to move to new york because i wanted to live in new york and i know all the sports leagues are here i can't talk for him personally but I definitely think it's an attractive league. I think we're going to see someone soon, hopefully in Miami. Let's be real. And a <laughs> um, nice place to live. Uh, like I said, Beckham's there. There's a reason Beckham's here. I mean, right. he's from he's from England. There's a reason he's here. It's a reason he came here. And so I, I totally agree, bro. And I'm I'm rooting for it because I think we're we're building that awesome foundation. The fact that it the league is growing so quick and David Beckham signing on and guys like. Um, you know, uh, David Villa and uh, Chicharito and um, all these guys that were superstars at the highest level, now maybe on the back nine of their career, but coming over and and showing almost like a rejuvenated skill set, Zlatan coming in and doing his thing in L.A. Like, I hopefully – uh, hey, Rotan's not finished, dude. The guy goes over overseas. He just scored right away. I, I mean, know. Scored right away. That, come on. He's not a human being. But no, nah, dude, straight up, uh, I'm rooting for you uh, and the league. I, I, I think it's going to be successful. I think it's on the upward trajectory. And uh, I, I do think sky's the limit. But, um, Bush, any, anything else that you got for, for our guy? No, not really. I think we hit it all. It's good to catch up, though, for sure, in a uh, you know podcast setting, as opposed to just zooming with a thousand people last week. But <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was it was fun. fun. <laughs> I wish you but could yeah, no. conversations, guys. Those are those are fun ones. 
<laughs> what I think what I think is cool is the fact that we we had you on now, but um, I know it's not like we're breaking any news on this pod, but uh, it, it came out that your players are are back to practicing, and uh, you you guys are one of the first domestic leagues to be taking that next step toward normalcy. Um, so we would love to to stay in touch with you over these next few weeks month, month and a half, whatever it may be, but uh, to, to continue to get your feedback that you're able to share. I know uh, some things have to stay in-house, but we would love to uh, have you back on soon to kind of uh, to, to hear how things are going to continue to develop and uh, see how the first MLS season with Mikey, Mikey <laughs> social media manager running the shit. Well, he goes from yeah, Mikey 2K to Mikey got, MLS. <laughs> not running the ship. Just like at the NBA, we had a really cool team. Uh, people I work there are all awesome, smart-ass fucking people. Um, <laughs> like every sports league, I think. Yeah. Um, we put out some really cool creative content. Definitely check us out. And like I said, it's, it's an interesting time. No one really knows what the hell is going on. I don't. You guys don't. No one does. So it's uh that's cool. And that's what's given it. Like we got a lot of access to players right now. They're on our, our channels and it's it's been a it's been a fun not a fun uh hiatus, but it's been it's been at least like, you know, we're getting by like a worthwhile yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. You just it allows you to think think differently. So awesome. That's good. Well yo, again, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on and uh definitely we'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. Can't wait, guys. For sure. Thanks again to our buddy, Mike Garabedian, for coming on the pod with us. Second guest uh, here with Talking Sports A to Z. Um, always love catching up with him and uh, chatting with him. Yeah, Mike's great. He's great people. We, uh, we've been kind of in the trenches since, you know, we started the NBA with him. So it's good to, good to catch up. I know we talked with him on a little Zoom call the other day. It was a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's good to catch up on uh, podcast form. Always is. And uh, now, without further ado, as we always do, we're going to shift. <laughs> to uh, talking about uh, the MJ doc. It's been the talk of the town every Sunday night. I'm now in a rhythm and a routine to end my weekends, 9 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I know exactly what I'm doing for those two hours. And um, I thought those installments last uh, this past weekend was uh, the best um, yeah, I agree. so far. Uh, I think the things that stood out to me first and foremost was um, that he was human. I mean, he won the the third championship. His dad passed. He goes to baseball. And then seeing him, and we'll dissect all those, but just my, my overall takeaway mm-hmm. was that initial him coming back for those final 17 games uh, after playing baseball um, and not being the same Michael, it was uh, – it was like, oh my God! I think Keith Olbermann <laughs> had the funny, uh, the breaking news segment on ESPN. It was like breaking news: Michael, yeah. Jordan, Michael Jordan is human, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's legit. That's what it was. Yeah, and uh, you heard uh, his his trainer Tim Grover come out and say that from that transition from baseball to basketball, he went back to the Bulls for those remaining games only at at most seventy to seventy five percent of what he was and you saw that 75% Michael wasn't better than those 
Penny Hardaway, uh, Trace McGrady, Horace Grant, Shaq, that Magic team, because they, they thumped them. I do have to say, he still dropped 55 in the garden at 70% or whatever it was, which was incredible. But, um, yeah, well, I mean – it. And even in that series – sorry to jump in, but – No, no, that, you're fine. Even in that Magic series, uh, the game two that he, that he came back and even the series up mm-hmm. with that monster 35-point game, but um, it wasn't a sustainable effort. So, yes, he had the double nickel game that is honestly one of the more iconic uh, memories of his career. Um, yeah. But from a sustainable standpoint, it wasn't uh, the typical Michael that we, that we obviously are coming to, to realize throughout the rest of this doc and over the course of his career. It's just crazy to see, um, obviously coming back and being different is one thing we'll get, you know, we can talk more about that, but I think the craziest thing, and we know what happened. We've heard it a thousand times. We've seen it a thousand times, but last night I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm like, what would happen if Michael Jordan wins three titles? He's at the peak of his career. He's 30 years old and in this day and age, and he just quits. And this is before, before he went back to baseball, just quits. It's like, it's insane. Like you think just big guys that have quit early, like Andrew Luck is the one that comes to mind. My buddy is like, yeah, it's like Andrew Luck times a million, which is true. Like imagine something like that. It's like someone that is like, you, it was a shock when he quit, and he's, like, not even close to Michael Jordan's status. <laughs> uh, quit is such a strong word because I, I constitute quitting. Retire. Uh, Retire. The, the, only re- the only thing, forgive me for, for trying to dispel what you're saying, but he retired to go play a different sport. No, you know? I mean, but I'm meaning, like, the shock value the day you find out he retired because oh you didn't God. know he was going to baseball yet. 100%. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It would have been an incredible shock, but what it kind of is that you kind of segue into what I was thinking, excuse me, what I was thinking about this media age, if he did what he did changing sports in 2019, 2020, um, and he was struggling at baseball like he did at first with the White Sox, if he struggled like he did nowadays in a new sport, the media attention that would be around him already, but that would amplify his every struggle, bad thing. What I, what my mind goes to would be like it it would have been a, a a different type of test of his mental fortitude to see if he would be able to. Uh, to live and, and to just continue to truck through just the, the modern era media coverage of him, uh, you know, going 200 and not doing too great as a baseball player. Uh, you saw some of those headlines um, and how he ruined his, and he stopped his relationship with sports illustrated. Yeah. Because Cause that, were, that, that head or that cover. Cause they were shitting on him and, and think about that. He totally uh, nixed his relationship with a a complete publication for one uh, edgy uh, title. Imagine if Twitter was a thing. And um, oh my god, dude! Imagine oh my goodness! First date, first take. Uh, Colin Coward, Nick Nick Wright, all these guys that almost lean LeBron. So imagine if MJ was in this day and age went to baseball after winning and being the top of the game of basketball, goes to baseball and it doesn't really work out, the media would have been crazy. So insane. 
it, it, it is always a what if game, but that that's something that I was thinking about of like, damn, if, if he went to baseball and kind of floundered, would he be the same? Uh, would he even have the kind of the motivation and the, the tenacity to like, all right, fuck this. I'm going back to basketball or would he almost feel defeated and, could that have been like a different trajectory of Michael's well, career? It could have brought him in a different space where he's like, screw all this. I'm out. Like, right. And like, who, actually, who knows if he would have come back at that point? Totally. But it's crazy. He does. He does and uh, we see the, um, let, so but while he was in Chicago, I, I was going to get too forward while he was in Chicago. Um, those, that Bulls team that, uh, Steve Kerr comes in. Pippen is the guy, and mm-hmm. yeah, they were successful and they were they were winning some games. But the glaring um, takeaway from those Bulls that Bulls team when Pippen was the guy was him quitting on his team with ten seconds to go against the Knicks. And mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, Ku coach comes in and wins it for him, and they sneak out of that game. But um, you you heard Phil. Uh, the team was broken. I mean, be, uh, what was it? Um, the big, uh, big man comes in after the game. They win, and he, he stands up, makes a speech, and uh, starts crying. And Just imagine uh, that locker room after that. Like, like it's, first of all, it's like you're all beat down after an incredible win, and you're also like it is so awkward and probably quiet, and everyone's like, and then everyone gets emotional. So it's right. Yeah. Weird. And so, so that was my biggest takeaway, but um, was there anything else that you were thinking about from those Pippin led Bulls teams outside of him being a quitter? Not really. I mean, obviously they touched on that. I think that was the biggest thing. I, I think it's just crazy, crazy to me that they talk about that. And then they go back to Scotty and he admits like it was screwed up. Like it never should have done that. But then he goes, but I would do, I would do it again because of the situation he was put in and he remembers how he was feeling and there's no way he would have done anything different, which is crazy because he's not a quitter and we know that that's just one right. misjudged thing. But also I think not being the leader and the guy w- was getting to him a lot, as you could see. Right. And he's not the same kind of guy as Michael. So they yeah, talked no. about that a lot and it's true and evident. And in a way to, to try to relate it to modern day basketball, it, it was kind of, something that came to my mind was how Kyrie um, eventually kind of got tired of being the Robin to Batman. And he goes, are you really going to do this right now? Well, I'm sorry. Are you really going to bring back bad memories? Just a quick uh, sidebar, but (laughs) he goes to Boston and trying to be the guy and it didn't really work out. And, uh, his next move goes to Brooklyn, but he brings KD with him. So mm-hmm. some people are just meant to be awesome Robins, awesome. So, some guys are just not the alpha and they never will be. And that's completely fine. Like you look totally at guys like fine. that, they're still studs and they're still going to win titles and, you know, be and, that kind of person. And that they did. Um, MJ comes back. Uh, we talked about how in the final 17 games of his season that he returned, um, while, like right off the baseball, uh, kind of vacation those 17 games he wasn't the same but after a full off season uh in which he uh got his body back and and came back it was the formerly the best season in NBA history they go 72 Mm -hmm. and 10 seemingly they were 
in in autopilot and and still throttling teams by 30. Um, A couple good stories came about that during that season. You had um, the the bullet story. and uh, That's incredible, by the way. (laughs) The fact that MJ makes up a story about a random first-round pick just as just to get motivated to um, what way did he go? He went 37 in that first game. Yeah. So the, the LeBradford Smith, just to go back on it was he was on the bullets playing the, uh, the bulls and he went off for 37. They fly back to Washington. He tells reporters that he said, good game, Mike, like kind of like, like screw you kind of thing, which yeah. he didn't. And then MJ scores 36. He almost matched his in the first half. He almost matched his last game in the first half. It's just, it's just something to give him that chip on the shoulder, which is incredible that he would like make up shit or get stuff in his mind to be like that killer guy. I, I, this was the first example that we had in this documentary of him completely fabricating oh, yeah. an entire story. It's, it's savage to be it, honest, dude. It, it was he is so next level of, of a competitor. It, it is unbelievable. But um, Love it. the the Charlotte series, the fact that uh, – Yeah, B.J. Armstrong. Fact, yeah, B, uh, B.J. Armstrong, former teammate of his, and uh, has a great first game. You know, uh, comes out and honestly was dominating that game in Chicago, like kind of took it to him. And uh, you you woke the beast though, so and then he just went off, and he just went absolutely bananas. So funny story. I'm thinking back, and I'm like, what does this remind me of? And this is a little off, obviously. Like, just this is different because it's not someone who used to play for the team, but it reminds me of the like you know the beast versus that little team who wants to be the underdog and win. It reminds me of when the Cavs would play the Hawks like three years in a row that first they get swept, they get swept and then they come back and Jeff Teague's like, not this year, not this year in game one. And then they sweep them. But it just cracks me up. This, it's just like that little, little boy kind of thing. Yeah. And it it was one of those things of like BJ Armstrong could have a game, but even in his interviews about that series, he was just like, every player has their moment. Michael has every moment. I happened to have a moment, but I knew deep down the the realistics of everything. It was it was his teammate that ended up saying some shit on the sideline that MJ heard at the end of that game that prompted him to get that energy going of mm-hmm. okay, you're okay, now screw on, you. <laughs> you're now on my fuck you list and and you're, yeah exactly you're gonna get thumped and they proceeded to do it in four straight games so. That was light work for uh, for him to do that, and it was awesome. But um, one, of, I think one of the cooler things was they didn't go too in-depth uh, about it, so I don't think we need to. But just the fact that um, he goes in the offseason to record Space Jam and uh, to, to maintain his peak performance – he had a whole entire facility built. So it ended up being one of those like kind of circus tents, those big blow up things, but he had a full weight room and a full basketball court. Frankly, I think they were saying that it was sized to fit like four courts 
um, mm. all for his training. And he and was, brought in guys to play against and not only play against this, like to just buy on, like real, see their tendencies. It's incredible. It was, He's always, it's always turning. It was, it was another example of how MJ was forever playing chess when everyone else was playing checkers and yes. he was bringing in Reggie Miller. Uh, I mean, you name him, you saw it in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the film and it comes across as let's get good runs. And yes, that's what it was. But oh, also, they did for sure. But that was not the only reason. <laughs> but also when MJ's team was sitting for, for a game, he was right on that baseline just watching the game. Oh, Reggie does that. Oh, this guy does that. Like it, it was awesome to see. And just another example of just how next level MJ was. It's incredible just to see throughout this whole thing, like we've all heard everything and just to see from like other guys talking and just like inside footage of how much of just an assassin he was in basketball. Mm -hmm. All he wanted to do was win. They kept saying, you know, you could, was he a great guy? Maybe off the court, but on the court, he wanted to win. And if he was going to be an asshole to you to get you to be better or to get your team to be better to win, he was going to do it. He didn't give a shit. So it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to slip through the cracks of uh, our discussion here. But Scotty Burrell, man, shout out I was to about Scottie to Burrell. Yeah, about to say that. Literally just got bitch boyed. I mean, MJ, Those videos, he's just like, <laughs> oh, you make one shot, one shot, two? Oh, you made two? Just chirping him all day long. Little boyed him around. and uh, But, yeah, it, it, there was a price to be great and to be the level of great that MJ was expecting. And if you weren't ready for it or down to meet those standards, you were dead to him. And it was, it was truly as simple as that. So um, it stinks that after last night watching the rest of, uh, or the, the last of those two episodes, it was just like, Oh my God, I feel like it just started. We got two like, left one know. week. It's so crazy. I like, this this has been uh, the substitute of of having no sports. This has been like my my peak of the week. Like it's, my, it's my, literally uh, Sunday night football for us. <laughs> literally, and, uh, and yeah, it's to an end, man. But we kind of we kind of started the podcast on this, talking about this shit. So we kind of did, and uh, we're leading into the finale. Um, mm-hmm. We have they they leave it off with the beginning of that Pacers series. Uh, Reggie Miller at the peak of his powers. Um, I'm I'm wondering what else is going to be totally highlighted though. It's, it, I can't wait. I really can't wait, and I hope they go deep into Michael and the person he was. They have already, but I like they they keep saying like he he was saying people might not like me for who I was, and like I I don't get that feeling yet. So I'm waiting to see if there's more or if it's just people not realizing that he was an assassin, wanted to be a winner, yeah. and he was an asshole to teammates, but like that doesn't get me to not like him. Are you kidding me? He's a, that's legendary for how he was. So I'm excited to see if there's different little uh, things we either don't know or don't know a ton about yet. So, especially for, you know, being what 98, I was five, six, six, five years old. So yeah. (laughs) Boom. I I think you, you hit a nail on the head. I I think eloquently said, I agree with you. It's, um, I think there's been moments like the gambling part, um, the conspiracy theories. I didn't even want to bring it up because it's so cringeworthy, but the fact that some uh, with his dad, the media outlet about his dad yeah. and the conspiracy theories about the gambling. I do think that I, what 
I think one of the main um, things he was thinking about was his gambling issue uh, that people might have taken that more seriously uh, than there was clearly nothing there. So I, I, but I mean, but I mean, this day and age, people find try to pick straws out of anything. So, so that could have been worse. <laughs> very well, could be it, but who knows? Maybe in these last episodes, we see something uh, alarming that we haven't seen before. But uh, like everyone else, it's been an incredible um, journey seeing his uh, seeing this last dance and. Uh, one week to go, man. It's sad. We're gonna have to bring it. We're at, we're gonna have to bring all we got next week to uh, uh, to finish that uh, to finish recapping that documentary, right? Yeah, and it's funny. Like I remember after the first couple episodes, I was like, I just want to watch them all right now. And now I'm like, you know what? This has been great. You know, it's been a couple of week, and it's been uh, oh, sorry, it's been cool to kind of go through them and and see them, you know, week to week, and kind of have anticipation for the the next week. So. Yeah. Uh, are you going to judge me if I treat this like the office and I just start rewatching them? No, I won't judge you, but I will think to you, why are you doing that? Because it's, it's not like it's a TV show. Like it's different. Like you already know what happened. You saw it. Like you could really, I have a, I don't know. I have a sense that we're going to finish it next week. And like a month from now, I'm going to be like, all right, fuck this. I need to see something good. I'm just going to flip. Yo, on you know what we're going to do is when I'm back in town and things are open and shit, I'm going to come over and we're going to watch all of them. We're, oh, binge day binge day i'm totally Breaking game <laughs> i'm totally in for it but one week left i'm uh mm-hmm. excited to see what's gonna come but dude uh another good pod um yeah thanks to uh thanks again to our buddy mike for coming on great chatting with him hope you guys enjoy that and um we're now going to be getting into this routine of having a good guest on every week um some some friends and people in our circle but we're going to be mm. soon uh venturing out into our professional network to get guys yep. that are uh are experts in their craft and their specific field and to bring on a new take and and a unique um professional uh, opinion on something that we want to talk to them about so we're going to be uh dipping into those guests shortly but um as always we appreciate everyone listening um if you're listening to this for the first time um we're on apple spotify all the all the places that you can listen we're there um we would love a rate and subscribe if you can yep um and with that bush i'll let you sign us off but uh hope everyone has a good week and uh take it away bush yeah just um you know just to go off of our you know, a little pod we're bringing here is just follow us on Instagram, Twitter at talking sports, AZ. Um, I'm Alex Bush 93 on both. And then you're Drew's Logar, correct? Yep. I'm Drew underscores Logar on Twitter okay. and uh, the same as well on uh, Instagram. Yeah. So, you know, give us follow, give us ideas, you know, thoughts. Um, you know, if you're one of our friends in our network who wants to come on to, you know, shoot us a message. Um, we'd love okay. to uh, talk to you eventually. So, that's all I got. Uh, you know, things are getting, hopefully getting more back to normal, you know, in the next few weeks. So it's good to see, you know, just living in upstate New York right now in my f- family's house, things are kind of open here Friday on the first phase of things. So it's kind of good, good to see that, you know, I know we don't really want to touch on quarantine too much because it's just depressing, but um, that's why you know, we're doing this pod so that we don't exactly. Have- I just wanted to mention it's, it's good stuff <laughs> right now. No, good, good, news and, uh, good news is worth sharing. So that's good yes, to hear. Of course. But uh, yeah. 
that's it for me. Thanks for uh, listening to this episode. We'll, uh, we'll hear or we'll talk to you guys next week and we look forward to it. Awesome guys. Thanks for listening.